What's up? Um, we are with Jack Weaver, aka Video Game Sourcing, hands down one of the few people I think that has the most knowledge on OA. I don't know that many other people other than you that have more knowledge than us in terms of OA. So welcome, Jack. How's it going? Thanks. It's going really good. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It's been uh, crazy right now. Q4 is going on right now. So I've been super busy getting everything uh, prepped and sent in, buying tons of stuff. So it's been like super crazy right now. But thanks for inviting me. Really appreciate it. Definitely, man. I, I saw the uh, your post uh, eleven thousand dollars in one day. Congrats, man! That's pretty high numbers. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, yes, it like during Q four sales just kind of explode and go crazy. So like uh, it's been a kind of record month for me, and uh, really happy with how it's going so far. Thanks. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! So like, what's your day look like in terms of like, do you so you, are you buying in the morning, then when it comes in, packing and then shipping out each day, or is it every other day, or how how's your schedule? looking like uh right now in q4 it's really crazy because i have tons of packages coming in i do use a prep center as well so that helps a lot i tend to have the smaller stuff sent to me like video games and stuff i can get out really quick uh but pretty much uh, every day uh like uh, ups fedex drop off stuff uh to me uh try to prep them get them out the same day if i can if there's enough stuff coming in that day uh so um Pretty much when I'm not prepping stuff, I'm like in Discord groups, hauling deals, posting deals, uh, just following uh, like hot deals for the day, looking for um, deals I can buy, and then uh, spending a couple hours a day prepping and getting shipments in. It's a crazy time around Q4, but it's a lot of fun to do because uh, uh, there's so much opportunity to buy cheap stuff during this time of year. There's a few. There's a few things in that that are interesting to me. One, why are you using a prep center, and what's what's your motivation between that? Yeah, uh, I kind of like um, my independence now with it. And I like to have the larger stuff sent off to a prep center where they can kind of deal with it because I'm buying a lot of toys and stuff that would take more time for me to prep. Uh, for video games, I can usually prep like uh, 200 in an hour, uh, like on Amazon, super, super fast. But with toys, uh, I don't have like uh, uh, employees or much help right now. So um, uh, like, I kind of have to use my time, like manage it uh, the best I can right now. And so uh, using a prep center is really helpful for me to kind of scale my time a little bit more uh, and just send stuff to them. Also, uh, one of the advantages of using a prep center is that if you're like in, uh, when you're buying from places like Target, it's hard to use tax exempt. And my prep center is in a tax exempt state. So in some time, in some cases, actually is worth more to send it to the prep center because I save on the sales tax I would have to pay otherwise uh, because they're in a tax-free state. And so that's uh, one way to think about it as well is that sometimes you can save tax uh, if a retailer doesn't accept tax exempt like Target or uh, some of the harder ones to get tax exempt status on. See, now that's the interesting thing between that. That's the difference between you and I, I believe other sellers. You value your time more than most people. I know yeah. a lot of people are thinking like, oh, like the extra dollar and a half or two dollars, whatever you pay isn't worth it, right? But then you think of, oh, I, I first off save money on um, sales tax. That's what makes it worth me doing that. That's just a different mindset. You don't really see at many resellers in general, but that's the reason why you did $11,000 in a day, right? That's, that's the differences in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of like the fact that I'm doing this mostly myself right now. Um, and I can kind of set my own schedule because I don't have employees. I can kind of decide when I want to do stuff throughout the day. Uh, eventually, like, I think it's a great, uh, like, way to scale your business to have a warehouse like you have. And uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do with that. 
but for right now, I like my independence to kind of be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want uh, during the day, pretty much. Uh, so it really, like, I value my time super, super highly. Like, I think of it like, um, I, it, I kind of think of it that I could spend the time um, doing other stuff that's worth more money than, uh, like, and try to, like, optimize what I'm like actually spending my time on uh, without like having employees right now. So I try to uh, kind of outsource as much as I can if possible. Very cool. I, I know like uh, also talk to me about what, what are discord groups? I know a lot of people don't oh, know yeah. what it is. The only reason, the only reason why I know a little teeny bit is because we talked before about it can give uh, everybody a interesting topic of why, why do you, what are discord groups and what's not everything around that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a, a couple groups. Um, I contribute to a couple as well. Um, and usually they're kind of like, uh, Discord, uh, first of all, is like a chat application that a lot of gamers use, but it's like Slack, uh, which is more business focused. Um, but Discord's become really popular in kind of uh, our area, like reselling, and because it's just very like efficient, like the way you can talk and collaborate and put information together. And uh, I, it's just my preferred platform to kind of talk and chat with people and kind of group up people together. It's basically just like a, a big chat room where you can share information, share knowledge. Uh, there's bots you can write to automatically post deals and stuff in them. I've written a few bots for some of the discords I'm in that like automatically uh, scrape some sites and uh, post some deals into channels so that people, when they um, when a deal posts, uh, like everyone will get alerted on it. Uh, but uh, Discord and the reselling community is a little bit new. Like the last year or so, it's become a lot more popular. Um, uh, like uh, some of the groups I'm in, I do have Discord channels, and it's where I kind of go to kind of like network with other people. And it's a it's kind of a really cool uh, way to do it. Uh, is to just kind of collaborate and share information, share knowledge uh, with that kind of stuff with it. Very cool. And then, and then we we're we're both online arbitrage kind of people. Like, why mm -hmm. don't you think? everybody's doing online arbitrage. That's why I don't, I don't understand that disconnect. Well, I understand it, but I don't understand why people are not doing it. It's the most scalable. It doesn't have the best margins compared to garage selling and thrifting, but still. Uh, the main problem with uh, OA uh, online arbitrage right now is it does take a lot of capital to do it. And it can be really intimidating for someone getting started. Uh, I, I really like the idea of going to garage sales and thrift stores to get started. That's how I got started on Amazon. Okay. I kind of failed at RA and OA at first because like I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, so I kind of feel like uh, garage sales and thrift stores are a great way to get started. And then as you get capital, you can kind of scale into the, these other things. Uh, also, uh, traditional OA, which buying from retailers like Target, Walmart, uh, like all these sites, uh, is getting a lot harder because there's a lot of competition with uh, programs like tactical arbitrage, which makes it super easy to go through stuff. So that's kind of like I like what you're doing, where you're kind of uh, doing this uh, different different kind of sourcing, sourcing from eBay, you know, like trying to find stuff that tactical arbitrage can't do so well, um, and kind of finding these markets where there's like a lot more opportunity. Because what tends to happen with online arbitrage, there's so many. Uh, groups and people running TA. There's like groups of people sending out lead lists of stuff that just became profitable. So what happens generally with OA is once a deal is kind of out there in the public, it just gets jumped on by tons of resellers. And uh, during Q4, it's not as big of a deal because there's so much volume going on and Amazon has such a trouble keeping in stock. That's why I like to do a lot more during Q4. But uh, like it is during outside Q4 can be super, super competitive. Like you can literally have like a, a, like 
an ASIN that was profitable like a, a day, like Amazon jumped back on the listing and then basically no one's going to be making money for like months until Amazon runs out of stock again. So it is, it's like pretty saturated and difficult to do uh, with OA. So I think that's one of the main issues with it right now. But it is still like, especially during Q4, there's so much opportunity, like especially with these short-term deals with video games and stuff like that. I love doing it in Q4 because of that. Interesting. So like using like most of your OA, you said you don't really ever compete with Amazon at, at all, correct? I try not to. Uh, there are some cases where you can get stuff like below uh, Amazon's price. Like usually that'd be like a price glitch or something like that on another website. But generally, uh, generally um, for OA, you want to wait for Amazon to go out of stock. You can compete with them, but many times it's just like impossible to get it cheap enough that you can compete with them because they have like some of the best sourcing as well. Uh, like generally the times where I would compete with Amazon is when, uh, like I said, a price glitch on a website where I was able to get something super cheap for some reason uh, or a clearance item or um, like thrift store item or garage sale or something like that would be the times that you'd be able to compete with Amazon or like sometimes like, you know, eBay flips or something like that too. Yeah, like, you know, that's, we compete with Amazon sometimes. Obviously, we try not to do as much because they're going to start mm -hmm. tanking it down. Uh, kind of a tip for that, we use a, we use a repricer that actually can, yeah. it beats Amazon half the time. So they take half the buy box, we take half the buy box. Yeah. It kind of helps out a lot. That's the exact strategy I used to when Amazon the listing. I don't try to undercut them. Uh, I generally try to, like, you can undercut them, that's fine. Uh, but I generally just try to, like, uh, match their price. And about half the time, I'll get the buy box. Half the time, they'll get the buy box in theory. So it works out. Mm -hmm. And then what do you, what do you feel like uh, always going to lead to like, like in let's say six months, year, and then even two years, what, how, how do you think this is going to progress in terms of the OA and resellers on OA just in general? Uh, well, it's gotten super competitive. Like I said, right now, I think it's going to get, just keep getting more competitive with uh, stuff like TA, like just becoming better and better and more people getting on it. Um, like, I think it's really cool OA is, but it's not like a super simple thing that you can just like allocate some capital to. You actually have to like track it. You have to follow it. You have to kind of have an idea whether Amazon's going to come back in stock on item if they if the price temporary, temporarily spiked up. Uh, so it's probably going to just continue to get a little bit harder. Um, uh, like I said, though, that's why I kind of like what you're doing with the eBay flips, because it's stuff that is a lot harder to track. It's more one-off items a lot of the times, and uh, it's um, not as saturated as like um, Amazon, uh, like retailer to Amazon flips right now. OA. Like what? Uh, what's your plan then? Once uh, Q4 is done, what's your game? What's your game strategy going to be? Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, January is usually really good for sales too because people are kind of getting gift cards. I still have inventory left over from Q4 that hasn't quite gotten to the warehouse yet because shipments are like still like like going. I think last year, I'm not sure, but I think my January is actually higher than my December. So um, really, yeah, because I had some inventory left over, some shipments that got in late. But kind of after that, usually what I focus on is more so like these higher profit flips, like um, garage sales, thrift stores. Uh, buying from other other marketplace sellers and flipping to the Amazon. Uh, I really want to focus more on stuff like uh, eBay, Amazon flips, other kind of opportunities like that next year because, uh, like, at least in my experience, it's just a lot harder to find deals outside of Q4, where Q4 is kind of like OA on easy mode. Like, there's just so much opportunity during Q4, and there just isn't as much uh, outside it. Interesting. Damn. Are you, you going to still do books? Yeah, yeah, I love books. Um, uh, I I like to 
buy from uh, like students who have their copies on eBay, um, like because like they have a picture of it right there, um, and like it's probably like a kind of a legitimate sale. Um, I like to buy from other big sellers on uh, Amazon's marketplace, um, like who price their books cheaper outside of textbook season. Like there's a big opportunity to buy books outside of textbook season, and then when August and January come around and people are going back to classes, they're buying their books. A lot of books spike up in price and you can kind of buy outside textbook season and then uh, sell it in textbook season for a big, uh, big price increase. Uh, but also, uh, you know, just like garage sales, thrift stores, this is kind of how I got started was like just uh, going to, going to garage sales, going to thrift stores, buying uh, books for like two bucks a piece and uh, just sending them in. Uh, and, uh, it worked out really well for me kind of building capital along the way uh, and to invest in other stuff in my business. What's your biggest slip so far? Uh, um, I haven't had too many super, super, like I, I mostly do a volume, uh, like a mm -hmm. large volume of sales. So like there isn't something that really super stands out. There has been a lot of books I've sold for like 400, $500 uh, in that range before. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I sold a book for over a thousand yet. Uh, I do have a couple that might eventually sell for that much uh, that I found super cheap. But uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, like uh, mainly just like I kind of go on volume with the kind of stuff I do, where uh, like usually uh, selling books for like twenty, thirty dollars, forty dollars, or something in that range. Uh, but I have sold a couple like art books and stuff like that that were collectible that I picked up from library sales for like in the four hundred five hundred dollar range. Um, so yeah, uh, it's like especially this time of year is kind of good for that kind of book. More books that they're trying to gift to people, give away for gifts, is really good for this time of year. Did you ever do? Did you ever buy um, books on eBay? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I try to keep a list of books that sold well for me in the past and um, like. Uh, uh, research and try to find uh, them again that I can sell again. A lot of times I'll find a book in a thrift store or a library sale and then try to um, find it again on eBay. Um, and that's kind of one of the big ways I kind of research uh, these kind of flips is if I've sold it before, uh, I know that it sells for that much because I sold it. So mm -hmm. if it, if it's if it sold for like 250 in the past for me and an eBay selling, seller is selling it for 50 to 100, then I know I can buy that up and uh, sell it again for that price. So I try to have some uh, lists of like stuff I'm watching over time to be able to kind of reflip onto the platform. How big is your list right now in like terms of stuff you're consistently watching? I need to do a lot better job of uh, managing that kind of stuff, but uh, probably about uh, probably about 150 items or so is what uh, I'm currently like looking at. I generally what I do is like anytime something sells for like that I bought from a thrift store sells for like uh, over like you know 100 200 dollars or something around that range. I try to add it to a list. I'm not that great at like keeping a list of stuff, but uh, that's one of the things I need to get a lot better at for uh, next year is kind of having a system to manage this kind of stuff because it's uh, it's kind of it's a little bit difficult for me to like manage like all this stuff, look for it, all that kind of stuff, which is kind of why I'm interested in like the BA space, which I haven't done myself before, but mm -hmm. uh, like, like having someone help manage that would be super helpful to me as well. Yeah, just talk about the VA. We actually, I just had a meeting today with the two guys that are running that. It's, it's pretty interesting. And they are, um, we're, they're going to be releasing that relatively soon. Dude, so many people have hit us up about this. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a joke, man, at this time. 
Yeah. Um, but that is actually what they'd be doing. The first thing they've been doing for you, especially for you, right? I think mm-hmm. you are the main case study is going to be building out your list for you, building your mm-hmm. list of past, of a past of buys, and then starting to find those over and over again for you. Cause you have, it's like us, like we, like you have a massive list because you've been doing this for so long of products that you know have sold in the past, thus will repeat in the future. <laughs> and that just list there's, there's going to be some, differences in between that that'll that'll be very 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 interesting to see yeah yeah definitely i'm i'm looking forward to that uh i just haven't had i wish i had more time during q4 like this is the worst time of the year to kind of try to implement something new in my business so i felt really bad about uh like not being able to be as responsive to like you, your team that you're working with with that for that. But uh yeah i think that's a really cool service that you're like working on as well uh working with them uh to do we're, tr- we're trying to do this. Give me your thoughts on this. We're, we're not trying to, I know, I know most like people are trying to sell, if they get into this or they're trying to sell like courses or you probably know it's like, like uh, discord groups and bolos. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that like the information gets diluted once more and more people get into it. Right. I, I, I just don't believe that's like the best way to get, bring as much value as possible. But that's just my thought process. Like, how do you think that like, um, us, how, how do you think that what we can do can bring more value to the consumer? And then how do you think we can get um, as many people to know what we're doing? Yeah, uh, I think you're doing a really good job kind of reaching out to people, um, like, uh, like getting people more aware of what you're doing. Uh, I think that what, what you guys focus on with eBay to Amazon flips, it can be super hard uh, for people to understand that because it's kind of a, a little bit weird way of doing it. Uh, there's a lot of issues with a lot of people don't quite understand like the counterfeit issues with it. They're scared to do that. Um, what I always tell people to do, like whenever I kind of post about that on stories, I get lots of people kind of telling me like, oh, what are you going to do with a, when there's a counterfeit or an issue with that? What I try to tell people to do with that, and I kind of want to clear, clear that up here, is like you really need to do stuff that you know like well, like areas that you know well enough. Like for instance, I know video games super well. Uh, mm-hmm. So like I would not, you know, buy like counterfeit video games from a from a seller or something like that. And uh, like kind of like you don't want to like just like go buy like a thousand units of something from someone from China or something like that, which is yep. like almost like with a stock photo or something like that. Like you're you're more looking for kind of people selling their own items that they have had in the past and kind of more one-off type stuff with it. So that's how I kind of approach it and how I try try to protect myself and my account from that is just like focusing on areas I know and kind of focusing on more one-off items with that kind of stuff for that. But um, like what you said with uh, Discord groups and stuff like that kind of um, diluting the value the more people come on. I I kind of agree with that, uh, definitely, Uh, especially with more like Amazon seller replenishable items. Uh, there are like drops, uh, like, you know, the hype community as well, mm-hmm. uh, where I think it's uh, like there's more value in like having more people on there because you have more eyes on the item as well. And uh. since everything's like dropping at one time, um, like it's not like everyone is like it, it's not as much competition as like uh, for Amazon sellers uh, because the market tends to be a lot bigger. Like everyone's going for the drop at the same time for that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of where discord groups really work well and kind of like the uh, the hype resale community and i know there's a lot of like cook groups and stuff like that that are super successful and teaching people as well as that kind of stuff um so i i think that's kind of the value in uh the discord groups is like just kind of bringing people together teaching learning that kind of stuff and more so focused on like the the one-time drops as opposed to like you know like 
this is my replenishable. I buy a thousand of every month from Target. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. obviously, like, if everyone uh, jumped on something like that, then, you know, the value would go away. But if, like, there's a sneaker release that's all releasing at one time of day, it's not so much you're a competitor with everyone else. You're just kind of like adding an extra one more person out of, you know, 10,000 people going to it. So I think that's where there's more value in those type of groups as well. Interesting. Do you think a VA would be useful for that kind of drop hype community? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not that knowledgeable about it. I'm trying to learn. That's one of my big goals for next year is to learn kind of the botting side of it. Uh, I'm kind of interested, like I've done programming in the past. I've written a few bots myself. So it's like super interesting to me, the whole like drop culture, hype culture, that kind of stuff. So I've been trying to apply that to what I do uh, on Amazon FBA because like a lot of these sites like Walmart and Target, like there aren't as many people kind of like following these, these, um, these items that, that I'm following right now that are like, like kind of like dolls and stuff like that, uh, that go in and, in and out of stock. So I've been kind of trying to apply uh, what they do in the, the hype community to what we do on FBA as well. So it, it's really interesting world. I'm trying to learn it. That's one of the big goals for next year is to get better at that kind of stuff. And uh, maybe at some point kind of do uh, like my own group for that kind of stuff. If, uh, if that's uh something that I learn a lot about uh, next year too, but we'll see. Like I'm already a member of quite a few groups that are super helpful to me. So uh, I want to kind of like see where that goes next year as well. Do you make the bots for uh, video games? Uh, I have a couple of very simple ones. Like uh, I am like tracking some stuff that's uh, been hot to- toys this year. Um, just kind of like refreshing target, refreshing Walmart, uh, just to like see when they come back in stock of certain items that uh, don't come in stock too often. So, uh, like I want to work a lot more on that next year, uh, and kind of, uh, uh, learn a lot more about it. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been able to get a few drops, uh, in on target as they restock, uh, like some holiday toys and stuff like that that's been popular this year. But yeah, uh, this was one of the first years where I actually had, um, issues getting all the stuff I wanted to get where I had more capital available to me than um, I could actually spend uh, because I ended up having a lot of canceled orders. I have a lot of trouble getting orders through at Target. Um, so like my, my goal for next year is to really like understand how these uh, like companies are kind of like doing their websites for canceling orders, how they're how to get around that. And I kind of was really unprepared this year for for this Black Friday uh, I was able to spend a lot of money. I, I'll do pretty well on it. But uh, yeah, for next year, kind of learning more about how these websites kind of track you and kind of be able to put in as many orders as you can for like the hot toy that's going for like $80 and cost $20. <laughs> Interesting. Like, like what, what have you found out so far in, in, in that aspect? Like what, why are they canceling orders? I have no, I, I'm, I'm a sure. green thumb. With, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, target for instance is super anti reseller. Um <laughs> Uh, especially if you're in store uh, online, same thing. Um, I have like a lot of target accounts that are just completely blacklisted on their site where if I try to place an order, they'll immediately cancel it. So I have like 10 target accounts right now. Uh, I have two that sort of work and kind of my goal for next year is to kind of figure out how they're like canceling these, uh, these, uh, my orders through them. But yeah, like actually getting orders through was the hardest part this year for someone who's kind of new to it. It's not that big of a deal like for target because, or like sites like that. But, uh, for target in particular, if you tend to place more than like 10, 10 orders per day, that's when they start to kind of look at you and see like you're a reseller and, uh, start to uh, blacklist you from their site. So 
Uh, that's kind of what I've been dealing with this year is trying to get uh, as many orders of the profitable items as possible uh, in for Q4. Why do you think they hate resellers so much? Yeah, uh, it's because um, there's a lot of reasons. Um, sometimes they're selling items below cost. Like a lot of the items that we want are like uh, below cost items. Like on Black Friday, um, Target had Nintendo Switch games for $30 each. And wow. that that's uh, that's below cost. Um, Nintendo does have like a deal with um, with retailers. Like most of the the way that video games work on Black Friday is that they have a certain amount of uh, copies they sell to retailers uh, for like a promotional credit. So uh, Nintendo may say like, okay, like Nintendo actually this year said like they're going to have a special deal where you know you'll find these these like well-known games like Mario, Zelda, and stuff like that for 40 bucks at all the retailers. And that's a really good deal for a Nintendo game because they almost never go on sale. Um, but uh, some of them did, like Walmart and Target, they actually did a doorbuster doing them at 30. So they were probably losing like, you know, 8 to $10 for each copy they were selling of that. So uh, sometimes like the best deals are the ones that, uh, that the retailers are kind of taking a loss leader on, that they're hoping that other people will buy more stuff and come to the store. And they'll sell when I am at a loss. So obviously, they don't want to sell to, like all their supply to a retailer to a reseller when uh, they're kind of trying to use that uh, to get entice people into their store and buy more stuff. Uh, also, um, like in just in general, it's like a like if someone just wants to buy one of an item, it's like a negative customer experience if they come to the store and it's not they don't have it available to them. So that's the main reason they don't like like resellers. I kind of understand their perspective from that that angle on it, um, but it is frustrating to me as a reseller when uh, I do have money to spend and I can't spend it. But I understand their perspective. But that's why is because lost leaders and to have you know enough stock of like hot toys. Very cool. Damn it! I, I, I actually I actually <laughs> learned a lot. Holy yeah. Shit. yeah. <laughs> um. Other, other than yourself, like, who are some other like big time players in like the OA game? Sure. Yeah. I'm really small uh, in OA. Um. There's a lot of really smart people. Um. I know Chris McCullough uh, on YouTube. I watch a lot of his videos. I think he does a lot of wholesale now. I'm not sure he does so much uh, OA anymore. But there, there's a, um, there's a lot of really smart people. I don't want to like. I'm, I'm sure I'm gonna forget a lot of people. Um. Uh, James Universe on Instagram. Uh, he's super smart. Um, like uh, he's like super knowledgeable about tactical arbitrage. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of people who who are uh, into it uh, as well. Uh, I I don't want to name too many because I'm sure I'll forget tons of people if I, if I, I just you, start naming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let me ask you this question then. If, if, if you were starting out brand new doing OA or marketplace or marketplace, what would you be doing right now? Like to get started, like brand spanking, you have no idea how to get started. Yeah. If I were brand new on like FBA, I probably wouldn't do OA, OA because it's just too capital intensive. Um, and the eBay to Amazon flips is probably a little bit over their head at this point. Um, I would always like, the first thing I tell everyone to do when they get started is to sell your own stuff first because you know yep. your own stuff. Like you, like if you have video games, sell the video games. If you have books, sell books. Uh, most every book is unrestricted on FBA. Uh, so like there's a few that you can't sell like textbooks, some of them. Uh, but like that's how you learn the platform is selling your own stuff. Then you go out to thrift stores and garage sales and then like kind of like buy stuff cheap 
if that's your thing, if you like that, like you don't have to do that. It just was helpful for me. And then you can kind of go on to like OA stuff and if you want and RA like buying clearance from Walmart is like viable. There's like a lot of ways to go about it definitely, but like you kind of have to learn the platform before you can like get going. So the first thing you should do is sell your own stuff. Definitely. That's actually a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I know a lot of people like people that have never sold on Amazon. Once I started some posts, like what we're doing, they, everybody, everybody hits you up. And it's, it's the follow through that really gets anybody like, no, I don't think I was like, yo, like set up a, set up an Amazon account and let me know. I'll help you after that. Like I gave him the steps, what to do, like build an LLC, set up an Amazon account, and then let me know when we can give you step by steps. And there was out of probably the 20 people hit me up that were brand new at this and almost none. Oh, I think actually none of them actually went through with it. Right. So yeah. I thought, yeah of actually selling your stuff that, that's the hardest part is like getting people to actually send their first shipment in um like um like a lot of people want to sell on fba but they never will even create an account and they certainly will never send their first shipment in because that is a like big hurdle to come overcome is actually sending in your shipment creating your shipment stuff like that but like yeah just sell your own stuff first like you can lose money on like you can send in like just one book or one video game or something and just learn the process of it and like there's so much opportunity on fba that like you just have to kind of learn about it. And I know a lot of people want to do it. Um, I tend to more talk to a little bit more advanced crowd of people, uh, usually on my Instagram, because I usually am posting more advanced topics on it. But like, there's a lot of like people who just want to get started on, uh, on Amazon. And um, a lot of them, unfortunately, just won't ever go through the steps of doing it. So um, yeah, that's a little bit unfortunate, like kind of like how many people are hitting you up for help and you know, not, not really following through. <laughs> That's fine. I right, then two questions <laughs> on top of that. Like, um, so I know you didn't, you stopped your eBay account for now, at least for Q4. Yeah. Do you think you're going to start it back up and why did you stop um, your eBay yeah. account? Yeah. I, um, I really wanted to focus on Amazon FBA totally. Like I'm not doing any seller fulfilled even this year. Um, like, which is when you ship out the item to the customer yourself. So like, I don't, really go to the post office at all like um so what i found last year is i did mostly fba as well but there'd be like one order that would come in on my ebay store and it kind of disrupt my day to pull that one item like spend like 30 minutes bringing a shipping label like taking it to the post office so i wanted to entirely focus on on amazon fba this year like i think ebay is a really like cool platform and i will bring my store back next year uh but um it's like it's a lot the, the velocity on eBay is a lot lower. It's a lot more time intensive. Uh, there's a lot more customers contacting you, like trying to take you know time away from what you're doing. Like there's best offers, there's negotiation. Uh, like it's just, I really, like I said earlier, I really value my time super highly. And I realize that um, uh, I need to kind of rethink the way I'm going about eBay because it's not worth the time to like pull one $20 item that and send one item out per day. Um, at least, especially during Q4. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's why I shut it off to just like completely like be intent and focus in on Amazon FBA this year. So yeah, that was the reason for that. But eBay is a cool platform. It's a good place to get started. That's where I got started pretty much reselling. Same. Yeah. Uh, like I used to sell my used video games after I played them on eBay, like to get money back <laughs> because GameStop like, like paid you almost nothing for the games or any of these trade in places. So I'd sell my, my used games on eBay and like sell them for like 40 or $50 or something like that and buy another game. So I love eBay for, for like how easy, like kind of, they kind of started up, you know, like this, uh, like selling your own stuff kind of thing. So, but uh, they haven't really evolved as much over the years as well. So that's a little bit. What do you do? 
what do you do with your Amazon FBA returns? Yeah, that's the problem right now. <laughs> right, <laughs> right now they're kind of piled up in a corner, but um, <laughs> Uh, like I, I haven't had time to, to process them. Uh, generally what I do is try to like process, process them all at once, make sure like, you know, the items actually there that, you know, the customer actually sent back the correct item. If you don't, you, if they don't send back the right item, you can open a case with, uh, uh, Amazon support. And sometimes they'll reimburse you for that. If they sent back like a brick or something like that, instead <laughs> of the item, uh, which like stuff like that does happen occasionally. It's very rare, but, uh, it does happen. It's just part of doing business on Amazon. Uh, but, uh, like, uh, if, if the item's good and like 90% of the time it's like fine to send it back in, then I just send it back in, especially since I do a lot of used items anyway. So like if it's a used book, as long as it's kind of in good condition still, I'll just send it right back in. Um, uh, and then there's of course the eBay as well. If you want to go that route to liquidate your items too. And, and if you really like another option, not many people, not many people talk about too much is you could have like a, uh, like you could consign your items to a local auction. Uh, if there's a local auction around you, you could have a warehouse sale. If you have a warehouse, uh, you could do it, put it as part of your garage sale. If you want to do a garage sale. So there's a lot of ways you can kind of get rid of your uh, excess inventory. Yeah, that's what we've been doing. We just had about mm -hmm. 400 pieces go out to a local auction that isn't online. We'll see how it nice. works, right? Yeah. If I wanted to find one around me, but I haven't found one. I really need one. Like, I need a hookup on that, like, because I love the idea. I actually love consignment, the idea of consignment, because, like, it takes it, – I might not receive as much money, but I can just, like, put stuff in a box and send it off to someone to have them deal with it, have them list it. Like, it just, like, is, like, a big scale for my time, like – I really want to look into StockX and Goat and these uh, sites next year, which are basically consignment sites for like uh, you know hype items like sneakers and stuff like that. And I think that like there's a lot of value in like using these. This is why I love why I started using FBA is because I didn't want to ship out items individually to each customer. So mm -hmm. like any site that has like a consignment option where you can just send it to them and they sell it for you and they fulfill the order. I'm like all about that. I love that that model. And there's a lot of sites I've been investigating myself. ThreadUp is one for kind of like uh, clothing, uh, like uh, the real real for high end clothing. Um, I sent out my first box to so ThreadUp Lux um, Luxy L U X E is like their high end consignment. And I actually tested it out earlier this year. Um, I bought some items in a local auction, like some higher end, like. Uh, Prada, like I, I don't know anything about fashion, but I knew they were <laughs> worth a little bit. They had like, you know, the certificates and all that. And uh, I had no idea how to list on eBay, no idea how they listed on Poshmark. I tried listing on Poshmark. I failed like super bad at it, but I sent them to ThreadUp and uh, I got a really like good return on it. I sold them for like uh, $600, something like that. And I only paid like a hundred bucks for the lot. So that was super cool to me, like to just like, all I had to do was kind of like just box them up and send them off to them and they dealt with it. I had no idea what I was doing. All I had to do was actually source the item. And there's a lot of other places like that for baseball cards uh, and trading cards like Magic the Gathering. There's comc.com. Uh, that's kind of become a lot more popular these days as well. So like I really think that like kind of these consignment sites are really cool for scale your time as well. Interesting. Let's let's touch back on that. That um, you bought some clothing that you had no idea about, and you sold it. You used consignment to sell it. Yeah, that's a whole nother level, man. The thing is, I have no idea about like I don't like. There's all these people on Instagram who all they do is Poshmark and they're like huge, and they go to the bins, Goodwill bins, and 
I don't know anything about that, even though I kind of got started in thrift stores. When I go to the thrift store, I look at the toys, the video games, books, stuff I know. And like 80% of the thrift store is like, you know, clothing. clothing. And that's what yep. most people go to the thrift stores for is to buy clothing. And a lot of resellers do clothing as well. But it was never really interesting to me because I don't like clothing. I'm not that interested in it. But I kind of respect that people do it. But I didn't want to go to the time to actually list and ship out each item. I barely knew what I was doing in it. Um, like uh, for like there's I, I'll sometimes check out like online auctions around me and there's one that had like all these kind of high end items in it that had like all their certificates, the authenticity and all that. So I thought like, OK, this is a kind of an interesting way to buy stuff for cheap and kind of just learn a little bit about it. I My original idea was to list on eBay and Poshmark and learn about it. And I realized that I had no idea what I was doing. So like I just had them sit around for a couple months and then kind of learn from some people uh, like a millennial mouse on uh, Instagram who's really cool, who I talked to a lot, learned about thread up from her and uh, sent in a box of stuff to them and just let them, you know, deal with it for me. And they just like, sold them all for me like i had no idea what i was doing but i just sourced them in a uh, cinnamon that's a that's another game changer right there man like you can you can really make money anywhere as long as you yeah. have like, right like knowledge the right resale knowledge I bet, I bet you if you started with, with zero you could make money relatively easy just because you had that back end yeah. knowledge yeah and i know nothing about fashion so like uh, i just want to learn about it like there's people i'm sure that could like scale a business based on just like you know like finding these higher end brands and then just like, you know, sending them into thread up or like something like that. Um, and like they could sell them themselves on like Poshmark, which a ton of people do as well. But I just like, like there's, there's a limit to how much of your day you can actually like spend listing and shipping and stuff like that. So these consignment sources like sites like this just allow you to scale your time so much more. Like there's no way that I'd be able to sell like the amount of video games that I'm selling on Amazon FBA and actually pack them like, like, uh, I've sold like 300 games in one day. There's no way I'd be able to, as a one person, like be able to like, it would, it would be the entire day printing out shipping labels, packing each game individually. Um, but I can send out 200 games in an hour, just pack them all in the box to Amazon and let them fulfill each item individually to them. So it's just all about kind of scaling your time. I, mean, I think that's the main point here, man. Like mm -hmm. the FBA, and the, that's really why FBA, like hit it on top of that. That's the reason why FBA is a game changer just in general. Yeah. Yeah, when I first learned about FBA, it was like the, the best thing for me. Like I was sort of interested in like selling on eBay, like because I had sold like video games uh, myself there. And this was around like 2013, 2014, uh, when I was kind of like, like, like thinking about like different businesses I'd like to kind of get involved in. Like I like had a background in kind of selling a little bit of stuff on eBay. And but I didn't think it was like a scalable business I could actually do because I'd have to send out each item. And I just went on like the Kindle bookstore and found Chris, uh, uh, Chris Green's book, uh, Arbitrage. And that's kind of where I learned about FBA as like a way to do it and sent in like a couple shipments of my own stuff at first, like DVD sets I had. This was back when you could sell DVDs, books, uh, video games, and just kind of send my own stuff first, learned a little bit about it, tried OA, RA, stuff like that, kind of failed at it. And then just kind of sat on it for like two years while I like did other like business stuff as well. And then around 2016, I was like, okay, like I saw some YouTube videos, like um, I think I got linked to maybe Raken, one of Raken's videos and where he was talking about FBA and learned about thrift stores where you can go into places like Savers, realized, realized there was a Savers right next to me. So I just went in there, looked around a bit, went to some garage sales, found stuff super cheap and kind of realized that, you know, I could buy this stuff super cheap and flip it on there. 
and went full time at the start of 2017 and kind of just kept on like kept on building my like snowball of uh like from reinvesting my profits into it going to other stuff as well like um mm-hmm. the advanced crowd like where do you think the biggest advanced crowd is in terms of resellers is there one like one location or are they very very spread out yeah um i know there's a lot of facebook groups uh facebook is kind of fading um i'm not that too too big a fan on facebook myself uh um i know there's a lot of high-end sellers who like network on facebook uh i am in some facebook groups that are super helpful to me um like side hustle network VIP group is really cool. Chris Anderson has a cool like uh, group for Q4 he does. So there's a lot of like, like good info on there, but I kind of see Facebook as sort of a dying platform at this point where it's kind of like on the decline. Uh, so I really like, like networking on Instagram has been super helpful to me and I've been like able to get into a couple of Bolo groups um, like from networking with people on Instagram and uh, like a lot of the, the, the best groups I'm in, uh, like are in discord groups right now, kind of like talking in there. And so that's kind of where it's like moving towards now. Um, so like just people like sharing info, sharing bolos and stuff like that. And like, yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm seeing like people moving towards like the, like the really smart people, uh, like just sharing knowledge and like, like small groups of these people. Damn. Uh, do you ever sell on like OfferUp or any of those other platforms, Macari, like Go? Do you ever cross list your stuff? No, um, I like I said, I'm kind of like you know, um, really focused on FBA right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't really like cross list on eBay or like um, because that would require me to. Like there are like programs you could use to like automatically like uh, multi channel fulfill with uh, FBA, have them send out the item to them, but it's just like. Uh, I, I just kind of like just uh, focus on FBA um, like and not deal with like kind of like double selling an item or something like that. So that's the main reason I don't do it now. I think it's like a viable strategy, especially if you have a lot of long tail items. It could be get more visibility on the item, but I just don't do it right now. I mean, uh, a couple more questions. This is interesting. How do mm-hmm. you think you could scale your business? Like what's the main like bald neck you have in terms of scaling your business right now? Yeah, um, probably just my time. Uh, like, it, it takes a lot of time to find deals and kind of keep myself sane. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> like, I've been uh, like, I basically feel like I've been like hunched over a computer for like the past month or so. Like, since mm-hmm. like since like as Black Friday started, uh, just tracking all these deals and stuff like that. So, kind of like a, I've never done it before with a VA. Like, had one in the past. So. I'd like to learn a little bit more about that in the future, but uh, I want to make sure, you know, I'm doing it right, the right way with that kind of stuff. Like um, I don't want to, like, I I think it's kind of important when you have employees and stuff like that to like, it really makes it important that you're, um, you know, taking care of them. So that's uh, one of the reasons why I kind of like, like to do it all myself if I can is because like, I like to have my freedom, my time being able to like pick up a video game and just relax for a few minutes if I need to like during the day. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of like uh, what I've been doing right now is I'm just kind of, that's the main thing I'm running up to is just, I don't have enough time to do all this stuff. So I'm looking at these, you know, cons- consignment services and whatever I can to kind of scale my time. And then uh, I see you play WoW often. Or do you, oh, yeah. do you just not play anymore? Yeah, I, I started playing again when WoW Classic came out. Um, uh, I was big into it back in the day. I was into Auction House. That's kind of how I got my passion for FBA. Like, there's been, <laughs> <laughs> it, like the Auction House in WoW is FBA, by the way. Yeah. Uh, 
it, it absolutely is like, you know, it's the exact same, like the model behind it. And the funny thing is I mentioned that on Instagram and then had like a lot of people like message me telling me how they were into, they were into making gold and like these in world of Warcraft or these other games back in the day as well. Like, uh, like super cool. Like hearing like stories from people who are like the exact same thing. They grew up playing uh, world of Warcraft and now they are kind of doing the FDA thing, which is the same thing. But for world of Warcraft, I, I I'll probably go back to it when the new expansion comes out. Like I still have some friends that play. Uh, like I don't think I'll ever fully give up on world of Warcraft. It's a cool game. And, uh, like I said, it kind of motivated me to learn about virtual economies and markets and stuff like that. Uh, just like playing the auction house in that game. So yeah, that is, uh, that was a like important part. And I wrote one of the first, uh, like Warcraft gold guides at the time too. So (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of like how, like I do on Instagram now I'm writing these guides for reselling and, uh, it kind of like brings me back to the day of like writing guides for video games stuff like that so it's been super cool what's your favorite expansion oh man that's hard to say um i i was really like this is unpopular but i was really into mists of pandaria even though i played i played played every expansion (laughs) but that was the one expansion where like i pretty much like cleared all the content on like all difficulties so yeah i know that i know that's super unpopular but that was probably like Classic was super cool. Uh, Burning Crusade, I kind of burned out on the game. Same with Cataclysm. Like, like they're all good expansions, but like that was just where I was most into the game was the Pandaria expansion. Okay, my, my OG was uh, Lich King for sure. Oh, yeah, Lich King, like, Lich King was a great expansion too. Like, they're all good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Other than that, I think that's the biggest man. We went over a lot of stuff just in general. Awesome. Again, thanks for uh, joining us, man. And yeah, uh, we'll, 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 let's chat up this. Uh, and I got a few questions on top of that, kind of more private okay. stuff that we can reach out to. But okay. that, uh, Jack, pleasure, man. Like always, Thank you. thanks for all the knowledge you dropped on this channel. I really appreciate you like inviting me. I really, really like it. Like it was cool, like being on here with you, like talking about this. Like you're a really smart guy. Like what you're doing with the the flips, uh, marketplace, marketplace, super cool. I think you're providing tons of value, and like I'm really like excited to see where you go with this kind of stuff too. So thanks for inviting me. Definitely, man. Like, subscribe, comment, the whole whole nine yards. Catch you guys later. Peace. Thanks.